0: All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Paul Glover, who is the No BS Workplace Performance Coach. Paul, how you doing?
1: I'm doing fine, thank you, Timothy. Uh, Obviously a pleasure and uh, good to be talking to you and having the opportunity to speak to your audience.
0: Absolutely, we we love to have you on. And so we like to jump right in. So if you go ahead and start with telling us a little bit about yourself and some of the stuff you like to do for fun right now, that'd be great.
1: Well, what I do for fun, uh, I'm an old guy with bad knees. I can tell you at one time in my life, my passion was playing competitive handball. Uh, That's why I have bad knees, even though I tell people my knees are bad because I beg a lot. So (laughs) you can... (laughs) I don't recommend it. Uh, so no, but handball ruined my knees. And, uh, and now, unfortunately, I can't play sports, but I'm a very avid walker. Uh, and so I walk, but I walk for a purpose. Uh, I'm not a, I tried meditative walking. That doesn't work for me. Uh, my mind doesn't slow down enough. But I found that if I, uh, the, uh, the Japanese have a term that I read about, didn't believe, and thought I would try, and they call it forest washing. And I don't know if you've got any old wood uh, forest in your area that have trails through it, but uh, it's very interesting to walk through a forest. Uh, It absolutely will wash over you, and there's interesting information about this as to why. Uh, Forests are connected uh, by the roots of one tree connect to another tree, and they really form a community. And when you enter into the forest, it has a uh, an impact. It certainly does on me. I recommend it to all the people in my coaching program. So I actively walk through forests. I find forests wherever I'm at, and I walk through them for the experience of forest washing. Uh, it basically cleanses your mind and uh, gives, you, gives you a different perspective. So when you say recreational activity, that's what I do. Otherwise, I'm a workaholic. I, I recognize I have a limited runway and I ain't wasting no more time. <laughs> so.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. No, I love it. That's awesome. And so tell us a little bit about, I know you're a performance coach now, but you used to be a trial attorney. Tell us a little bit about that and the transition.
1: Oh, absolutely! Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I tell everybody I was born to be a trial attorney. It's in my, it's in my nature to be combative and confrontational, and when I went through law school, I actually skipped half my classes because I would go to court and watch trials. That's what I wanted to be. I didn't want to be an state saying. By the way, uh, every time there's another you talk about a different uh, portion of uh, being a lawyer. Absolutely, if it suits you to do wills, that's great. If it suits you to do estates, that's fantastic. If you asked me to do that, I'd cut my throat with the rusty spoon. So what I wanted to do was be a trial lawyer and I went, uh, went to trials and I became one uh, and I became a good one. Uh, but the fortune, unfortunately, is having the nature, uh, the personality of being a good trial lawyer uh, is not necessarily a good personality. Uh, because you, uh, you become an adrenaline junkie for one thing, uh, when you're not on trial, you're fidgety, uh, you're waiting for the action. you know uh, they, actually there was some uh, acrobatic, the, the great wall interest and, uh, the, uh, the guy that was in charge, the family did acrobatics and the high wire, no safety net. And he said, uh, the wire is life. The rest is waiting. And that's how I felt about trial law. Unfortunately there's long periods of time between your trials. So I occupied my time by associating with people who would give me an ad- adrenaline rush, criminals. You wanna want hang around with people, I give you an adrenaline rush, believe me, they will. Unfortunately, if you hang around with bad people, curiously bad things will happen to you. And I know I'm making light of this, but the reality is what happened was I went to prison. I was found, uh, found guilty of uh, 22 counts of violating federal law. And I spent seven years, or I had a seven year sentence. I spent five and a half years in prison. And uh, it basically destroyed my family. Your self-destructive behavior is unfortunately built into me as is my blind spots. Uh, But but I took that experience of first being a trial lawyer and being very good, because you have to be a good communicator. Uh, Second, you have to have emotional intelligence and people don't look at attorneys like that, but you need to connect with the jury. If you cannot connect with the jury at an emotional level, you can't win a case. The, the, the jury does not want to hear just the facts; they want to hear the narrative. And so, you've got to connect them. And remember, who you are a spokesperson for your client, you've got to connect them with the emotional aspects, the feeling aspects, and have the have the uh, the, the basis of fact that allows you to have a narrative that convinces you or convinces the jury that they should. Uh, rule on favor of your uh, your client. That's skill sets, and so I had a very. And by the way, one other thing, I had a highly attuned bullshit antenna. There is no one who's a good qu- trial lawyer that can't smell out bullshit. First, nobody tells you the truth. It, you know, no one, no lawyer who has a client at trial believes their clients told them the truth. You find out the truth by hearing the other half of the story. Right? That that's the other side. I know my half. I know you're not telling me anything, anything that you did wrong. The other side's gonna give me the rest of it. But what, what you do is you develop your antenna to, to discover BS. All of these are huge if you want to be a successful coach. Right? You better be you better be able to communicate and help your client communicate. Extraordinarily that most executives are terrible communicators. They believe in telepathy. They think that if they think it, the person they're thinking it at should be able to hear it. So one of the things that I coach immediately is communication as the best basis for relationship building. Uh, also, if you enter into a coaching engagement with me, uh, it's in my title, right? I don't hide this. I am the no BS workplace performance coach. And if you enter into a relationship with me, a coaching relationship, and I figure out that you're not serious about it, we've got problems. Uh, And I also do something very, I'm very uh, upfront about this at the beginning of our coaching relationship, which is at least 12 months, we decide together, you and my, as the person I'm going to be coaching about what you want to accomplish. And by the way, do not come to me with small goals. If you're only interested in, uh, you know, I'd love to be able to figure out how to get out of bed in the morning because I'm not motivated. I don't want to talk to you. You already have to be motivated when you come and talk to me because you want to talk to somebody who's going to help you reach big goals, goals that have impact on other people, right? That's the whole concept of getting better. So my deal is this you're going to come to me with big goals and we're going to develop an action plan so that you are going to achieve your big goals. The goals are going to have impact on yourself, your life, and those around you. And then we're going to start the process. Very simple. Every other week, we're going to have a conversation, 30 to 60 minutes. And between that, those that 14 day period, they're going to be action steps. there are going to be things that you are going to say you're going to do all moving you towards your goal. Now, at the end of 12 months, we've not achieved your goals, I don't get paid. That's it. If I can't get you there, then why should I get paid? But we're going to get there. Now, I believe that as a coach, I have to have skin in the game. Now I do. Right? I care about you a lot more than I would if I kept getting paid regardless of whether or not you were getting better. So I'm committed. Unfortunately for you, you have to be committed too. Because every other week when we have our conversation and you tell me you didn't do what you said you were going to do, I'm not happy. And we have to have a serious conversation about whether or not you really want to meet your goals. So if three months into our process, you said, I can't take your size 10 and a half up my butt anymore, telling me I've got to do this, and you want to bail, I'm okay with that, except you pay me the full 12 months. I'm serious. See, this is, if you wanna come and get on my program, I'm serious, come with big goals and we're gonna get there. In fact, my clients call me the Sherpa. I will guide you up the mountain, and every morning when you get up and we got another 200 feet to go, I don't wanna hear that you're too tired to haul your pack. I'm not hauling it for you, I got my own pack put your pack on, get your butt up, and let's go 200 feet. By the way, the storm's coming. I don't know when it's going to hit you, but I know there's a storm coming. I live through a storm. I guarantee you every leader has to face the storm, the pandemic, right? And nobody ever anticipated a pandemic in their life. Were you prepared for the pandemic? And if you weren't, shame on you. So anyway, too much blather here, but that's what that, I'm all about. I'm all about this. And by the way, that was prison was my pivot from practicing law, which I can no longer do to something else that I suddenly realized I was good at, and I was going to impact people positively. I was going to make a difference. My legacy in life is leaving those people that are in my coaching program better off as human beings and performers than they were before. That's my legacy. And I build a strong legacy.
0: Awesome. I love that. I love that. And so is that kind of your motivation getting up every day? Just leaving people better off than you found them?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I get up pissed every morning about what's not been accomplished in the world, in the United States, and my life, in my people who are in my I want people to be better. I want them to feel what happens when they're better. And we struggle with that as a, as a country. We struggle with that as a company. We struggle with that as individuals. That's why you get a coach, to help you with the struggle. Because the struggle, it, it, it starts every day, doesn't it? Uh, every day, it should, it should be a struggle for you. If it's so easy for you to live your life, good for you. You inherited money. I'm okay with that, by the way, go live your life. Most of us, were not that fortunate. We're not going to win the lottery. How about if we wake up in the morning, determined to do something good for ourselves and for others and accomplish.
0: Yeah. Awesome. I love that. So let's jump into your dreams, goals, and vision for your coaching company and your life in general. What are some of your dreams and goals?
1: Well, first my individual goal is to be better every day be better than I was the day before. I spent my life being a dick, right? I got over that prison. If nothing else, if you want humility, and I'm not recommending that this is how you get it, go to prison, right? You will have humility drilled into you every day when you realize you're not in control of anything in your life. So you make that, that adjustment for me was about humility. And my contention in prison was, do I want to waste the time? And I came very quickly, came to the conclusion, no. So I I decided I'm going to be different and I'm going to be better. Individually, that that continues to be my goal. I need to continually get better, not only for myself, not only for my family, but also for my clients. When I stop getting better, I can't help them be better. The second thing again is back to my legacy, right? I love my family, that's absolutely second to me. Uh, after God. And, and I look at my family and I go, I need to make sure that life is better for them every day. And then I look at my clients. After that, I go to my community. I want my community to be better every day because we all live in the space. And whatever it takes, I'm active. And, and I think that everyone owes obligations to that group. Your co-workers, your friends, your family, your community, your job, these things should matter to you on uh, uh, more than I'm just doing enough to get by.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And so, you know, our next question is typically what caused you to take the first step towards your dreams, but you've already talked about how
1: it is. <laughs> But he didn't start off being my dream, but it turned out to be so yeah and i'm happy with it, by the way, I found that I love coaching as much as I love practicing law and I love practicing law. So yeah, it is fulfilling to me to get off the phone with a client that is doing better is getting better. I think the concept of coaching is very interesting because I think that there's a transfer of energy. And when I, I have 45 people currently in my coaching program. And most coaches would say, that's absolutely crazy. You can't possibly have an effective coaching program with that many people. That's because they don't have the right people in their coaching program. Don't take anybody. I'm an acquired taste. 80% of the people who are referred to me, and I don't take anyone unless they're referred, will not get into my program. They either decide it's too hard or I don't like it. And if I don't like you, I don't want you in my program, because yes, you will be a load for me. And I'm climbing with you. I'm not carrying you. I said it before. I'm a sherper. My job's not to put you on my back. My job is to help you up. So, so certainly I'm going to acquire taste. 20% of the people who are referred to me actually are in my program. And what I'm getting about is this transfer of energy takes place. When you have two committed people, who engage in a conversation or an activity that matters to both of them. How can you get tired? At the end of the day, I'm fulfilled, right? I'm not tired. It's not that I don't go to bed and sleep. And yeah, I need some time off occasionally to recharge, but the reality is we're transferring energy to each other. And I tell people when I, when you're in my program, there's three things that I think I do with every, with every conversation we have every other week, I'm going to satisfy curiosity. Because if you're not curious, you can't be a leader. And your curiosity is something that I want to explore. What are you curious about in the workplace? What are you curious about in your, in your personal life? Because that's, what's going to make you better. What makes you see if you're curious about something you already have the motivation to do something about that curiosity you're going to explore on your own. You're not going to wait for me. But but by the way, when I find out what you're curious about, I'm going to make you more curious about it. I'm going to send you an article. I'm going to I'm going to send you whatever. I'm going to text you during the day and say, "Look, here's something you need to think about." I actually do Paul's point of the day. Paul's point of the day goes out to everyone in my uh, coaching program, and it is one point that either stimulates it, I say it does two, one of two things. It will stimulate your brain or touch your heart, depends. Where does that come from? In the morning when I get up, five o'clock in the morning, I'm at Starbucks. In fact, that's part of my bio. I'm a Starbucks addict. I own stock. I buy it, I'm drinking, and on the way back, some thought will come to me that I'm going to put out to everybody in my coaching program about, I want you to think about this today could be anything, right? Let me give you the one that went out today. Discipline creates opportunity. So simple. Three words. Discipline creates opportunity. Do you want the opportunity? Yes. Then you need the discipline and the focus to have it. It will show up. It's extraordinary to me, the windows of opportunity and what passes by, but we're not even looking for it so we don't see it. If you're focused and disciplined, you will see it. The opportunities abound. Uh, the second thing is, uh, I, I like uh, I like to talk to people about their potential. and, and you know, and people say, listen, you're just too hard. And my response to that is, behind every critical comment I make is a wish. That wish is, I wish you to be better. I don't do stuff just to be mean, even though I will be mean. I do it because I want you to be better. Behind every critical comment is my wish for you. That that shows I care. And then the third thing is, I think I should make other people smile. I really do. If I, if I get off a of coaching, by the way, every once in a while you have one so serious, it can't work. Right. I mean, somebody just got fired and you're not, you're not going to make a joke. And I'm not, a, I'm not good at telling jokes, but I'm good at saying things that make people, I've seen you, you smiled several times at this thing, because I say something a little outrageous and people are like, oh my God, what did you say? when you smile, every time I'm in a conversation, I want the other person to smile. It's good for you. It's good for me. Because when you smile, I smile back, right? There's that. We have that exchange of energy right there based on nothing else but seeing the other person smile will make you smile. So those are the three things that I accomplish every day. If I accomplish that in every coaching process, every interaction I have, it's been a great day.
0: Awesome. Awesome, man. I love that. I really love the smiling point because I think it is so true. And it's just a... It just does stuff to your head, you know, de-stresses you and like just does so much, I think. Um, Look,
1: each each one of us is a walking virus. We will infect everybody we interact with on a daily basis, good or bad, it's up to us. And just because somebody else is having a bad day doesn't entitle you to have a bad day. See in the coaching program, if that if, it, if that happens, somebody I I'd, I'd have a terrible day. Why? Because I talk to people who have issues, right? That's what we're talking about. Uh, and so, no, you 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 have that opportunity to infect another person in every interaction. And if you are paying attention to people, you will see the impact you have on the tiniest of interactions getting Starbucks every morning. My my deal walking in, it's five o'clock in the morning, and I know that the people that are making my coffee are probably tired. They've just come to work. I've gone in there to get, to, to get my coffee, right? This is a very pleasurable experience. They have to make it for me. My deal is to make sure they hear the energy in my voice about it's going to be a good day for you every interaction bar one if you eliminate one you're not doing your you're not reaching your potential to impact others so anyway sorry you obviously can't tell you flip the switch <laughs>
0: no you're all good man i love it and i love hearing your passion about it take us a little bit more into When you were in prison, you asked yourself the question, do you want to waste time? And you said, no. Tell me a little bit about how every day went in prison to make sure you weren't wasting time.
1: So, well, let me give you the background. Because when I got to prison, obviously, I'm looking at seven years. I I served five and a half. Uh, My court case went to the Supreme Court, reduced my time. By the way, I do not, I was definitely not innocent. But, but, so I was very active about pursuing what I thought was an injustice and then sentencing. But when you get there, there's always an interesting conversation about how would you spend, how should you spend your time? And one side, the extreme side said, given the opportunity to go to sleep and wake up after you've served your time, would you do it right? Just go to sleep and 24, I feel like 24 hours later, even though it's been five years, you wake up and you go home. I was like, God, you know, that, that it's actually kind of a philosophical question. Right. Because do we want to sleep through every day? No. Yeah, exactly. No, you don't. I don't. It's, but when you take that out and you go, this is your choice. Do you want to sleep through this day? Because you can. You cannot be committed to work. You cannot be committed to community. You cannot be committed to, to, to family. You can just sleepwalk through your day. And so many people do that. So when I looked at that, I was like, "Okay, no, that's not going to happen to me." So I, uh, I, first thing is, I started did played every sport I get my it could, my feeble legs would allow me to walk the track. I uh, went to every club they had. If you if there was an activity I was doing, I started teaching GED uh, to to those who hadn't gotten their uh, their high school diplomas. Uh, I explored religion. I was never a religious guy. I went to services. Uh, I actually uh, went to the Indian services, American Indian services, sweat lodged it for a while. Uh, I mean, I did everything I could do because I wanted to, I wanted every experience I could draw out of this. And then I talked to people about why they'd done what they'd done to go to prison. You see, nobody ever asks anyone that, right? You're all there and you all think we're all crooks, Right. But, they, but we're there for a reason. But the, the reality was having the conversation with people about why. And I knew what, I mean, I could go and read their, uh, their sentence. And by the way, as a recovering lawyer, everybody there wants you to see their case, right? Because they're hoping that you're going to find some way to get them out of jail. Uh, and my deal was, that's not what I'm here for. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm not a criminal lawyer. Uh, you've already been found guilty. Uh, the odds of you getting out now, not going to happen. You're already serving time. And by the way, I'm serving five and a half years. I don't want to talk about this. What I want to talk about though is you and what's your life experience been. And and that, that just continued to, to make the prison experience valuable. You know, by the way, given the opportunity to not go, I wasn't going. If you said that now, well, look at how beneficial it was to you. I said, well, I needed to figure that out without going to prison. So, but, but that's how I passed my, every day was an experience. Every, I required it to be an experience. I refused for it not to be an experience. When my family came to visit me in the visiting room, my wife would, because guess what? When I call home, the last thing my wife or my children need to hear is I'm depressed you know, they can't do anything. Plus, they're struggling. I left my family destitute. I had two trials. I burned through our savings, put a second mortgage on the house, left my family without any money because I was trying to stay out of prison and I got five years and I deserved it. But I lived with that as part of my burden, something that I had to pay back. My family deserved me, me being better. And so whenever I had a conversation, the last thing anybody wanted to hear how bad my life was because I was at the joint. I told people my life in the joint was better than my family's life outside as they struggled to overcome the financial and emotional disaster that I caused. Right? I went to prison. It was self, you know, I would, you take care of yourself, you know, make sure that, make sure you don't, I told people, my job is not to make my time any longer or any harder but I needed to make it an experience. And I did, I was not going to waste a day and I did not. I can't tell you that I wasn't sad sometimes, obviously. I mean, I miss my kids, you know, they got engaged, graduated from high school, stuff that I missed. But by the way, it was on me. You know, it wasn't anybody else that caused any of this. It was me, except responsibility. And don't we have to do that, right? As, as adults, we have to accept responsibility. And by the way, that's the second thing that I'm known for as a coach. You got the Sherpa, now you get the fool. The fool in mid-ages was the little, you know, the guy in the motley clothes that sat at the foot of the, uh, the King's crown. See, everybody thinks that guy was an idiot. He wasn't, he was an advisor to the King and he was able to tell the King when he was making a bad decision. A part of my job as a coach is to let you know when not only what you're doing well, climbing the mountain, but what you should stop doing. Because I got a good bullshit antenna, if I think that, that you're doing something wrong, I'll sense it in our conversations. I know that that sounds weird, but I'm telling you, you can develop that skill set to understand when somebody is getting ready to make a mistake. Now, you can't, you can't control whether they do or they don't, but you need to give them the truth. So a good coach is a truth teller. If, if I think you're doing something wrong, I say, stop that. Because I see what you're doing and it's not right. You're going to hurt yourself. You're going to hurt others, your organization, your family, whatever it may be. And either you'll take that seriously or not. By the way, if you don't, and, and it hurts you the next time around, we pay attention. Yeah. yeah. I'm a slow learner. I tell everybody I'm used to slow learners. You know, but by God, eventually you better learn or survival is not mandated, believe me. So anyway, that that's what I
0: do. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's awesome. Well, I guess the next question we have for you is if there was one type of person you can meet right now that would help you take the next step towards constantly improving every day, who would that person be and how would they do it?
1: First, you're the guy that I wanted to meet today, right? Yeah, I want people to hear my message. And I've chosen guys like you who are doing what I think is a hard job. Believe me, I thought, you know, I started off thinking I could probably do a podcast. No, I couldn't. You see how much I talk? I, I would, if I got somebody, you know, I'd go, well, let me ask you a question. Well, wait a minute. I got you. Let me tell you the answer. <laughs> no, I appreciate you. You, I you are my 33rd podcast this year. Awesome. i done. I believe guys like you have an audience and I've got a message. You're the intermediary that I'm looking for every day. So you're the one that makes the most impact in my day today on Sunday afternoon at four o'clock, I was looking forward to talking to you. Why? Because you give me the opportunity to first meet you and I already like you. You know why? You Smile. We're smiling at each other. And it's like, this guy's got enthusiasm, you know, about what he's doing. Plus I like your strategies. You're putting these together. And you are going to put out 90 of them. That's fantastic, man. See, that's your goal. You got a mountain you're climbing right now. And that absolutely enthuses me. Second, you got an audience out there. I don't care if it's five people. I care if it's 5,000 people. I've got a message. And when you've got a message that you believe in, it's your obligation to share it. You're sharing, right? That's what your job is. I'm sure your motivation, without even asking you, what part of your motivation is you want people to hear what other people have to say, and you're going to provide them the opportunity that they wouldn't have if you didn't exist. That's cool. So when you say, who's the person? you're the person. Now tomorrow, am I looking for another person? I absolutely am. Every day I'm looking, you know how many how many, how many uh, applications i put out there? I we get 33, i probably put out 300. I never stop. I'm looking for an audience and I'm looking for someone who's the condo. You're the most important person of my day today.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Making me blush, making me blush. <laughs> <laughs> So just more podcasters, more people who can kind of connect you to that audience.
1: Absolutely. I I want visibility. I I definitely want people to hear what I have to say. Uh, If you find it to be interesting, that's cool. If you don't, eh, probably not. But you know what? I, I find that most people who listen will find something to take away.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so what's one or two things that everyday people can do to help you accomplish this?
1: You know, uh, it's uh, you had a couple of others. I got to go because you asked me if I read these and read your question. What's your favorite book? Well, my favorite book is my book. I wrote a book and it's called Workquake. And you can get it on Amazon if you want to read it. What I find interesting because I've joined my conversation with you uh, is that ten years ago I wrote this book and when I finished it, I was like, I hate this book. I told my editor, I said, nobody's buying this book because what it says should happen in the workplace, nobody's going to, no one's going to take that advice. You know what? My book is better now because of what's happened in the workplace than it was then. I love my book. <laughs> We've got a relationship. So so my deal is if you want to look at what the future of work looks like, my book will tell it to you. Self-directed teams, flexible time, uh, pay anytime you want it. Things like that that we're only now starting to discuss. I was discussing 10 years ago. Uh, so the, you know, the, the, what, what people can do is be kind to other people. Uh, remember that if you have a, every interaction matters, positive or negative, you get to choose. Don't let somebody else give you a bad day. And I, I know that's hard to do, by the way. I get triggered all the time. You know, people say stuff that I don't like, people act in ways that I don't like, but but my response has got to be different than just being mean or mad.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that. Um, awesome. Well, now we're going to jump into our thriving three, and you answered the first question. <laughs> so let's just go ahead and jump into what's one way you like to care for yourself now.
1: Again, I'm a walker. I've, I forest walk. I believe you better look. First, I think that any coach has got to practice what they preach in their coaching process. So let me tell you that, that well-being is huge. If you are not taking care of yourself, you cannot take care of others. It's impossible. And, and whether we like it or not, we are a physical being. That means that the impact that our body has on our ability to do what we want to do, to think, to act, to interact, is paramount. They're connected. Uh, What is it? I think it's maybe the, maybe the matrix they they call our body, the meat sack. Uh, we can't escape it. I'm sorry. We have not become this affordable, uh, you know, we get don't get to float away, do astral projection. We live in this body and therefore we need to treat it right. The first thing is get enough sleep, right? The second thing is watch what you eat and drink. And the third thing is exercise. You've got to do these things, and if you don't do them, you cannot be a high performer. And once again, in the coaching program with me, you've got to be a high performer. That's what, that's what this is all about because that's when you can have maximum impact. Uh, I love watching the, uh, watching Tom Brady kick the crap out of my bears. Uh, but, but I'm looking at that guy and I go, that's the model. I mean, I'm, I, I actually started taking electrolytes because of that guy. (laughs) Like, all right, I'm going to try some of this stuff because, oh my God, listen, if you don't want to be the best you can be. Don't, but don't expect to be recognized as if you're something special. If you're sleepwalking through your life, remember that. You're sleepwalking. Nobody cares. They just get out of your way. Nobody wakes you up. You need to wake yourself up, right? Uh, so, so those those are the deals right there is I take care of myself by making sure I exercise. I hit the weight room five days a week. Am I trying to build a body that would, uh, you know, I don't need a six pack, believe me. So, So what I do need, though, is flexibility and the mental acuity that exercising gives me right? It makes your mind sharper. I mean, there's so much at research, I'm a research geek, uh, that I eat correctly. That doesn't mean I don't have a hot dog. I read a study where every time you eat a hot dog, you lose 43 minutes of your life. I told my wife, I've been dead for 25 years. <laughs> I just didn't know that. <laughs> no, an occasional hot dog, but but believe me, most of the time, let's get real about what we should be eating. The same thing with drinking. Uh, you know what? I just quit drinking. I am not a nice guy when I drink. So I stopped. Uh, and, and don't tempt me with it. I don't want it. Uh, and so so that and getting that, that good night's sleep, whatever that means to And By the way, anybody who tells me to get by in four hours a day, no, you're just lying to yourself. You know, get your, get, anyway. So well-being is absolutely essential. Figure it out for yourself. By the way, exercise your mind. If you're exercising your body, fantastic. I'm all in favor of that. That's the base. Exercise your mind. Be curious, find something different. Uh, everybody that's in my coaching program, I say they uh, give them an exercise that at one time we could do. Hopefully we're going to be able to start. I would, I would tell them you have to go and do improvisation on the stage, right? Why? You want something that will just trip you out, get on the stage and do improvisation with another person. You know what the the concept of this, why it works so well, is in improvisation, you're required to give the other person. You can't take. And you don't know where it's going to go, right? You may think you know what you're talking about. And my wife and I did this together and she was great at it. I was terrible. I had to learn how to give. Because I always wanted to take over, just like this conversation, right? I've got something to say. I only got thirty minutes. I just got to talk as fast as I can. I can't stop. So, so yeah. So, so it, that was that was huge for me. The improvisation is something. It stretches your mind. It makes you creative, and it turns you into a giver.
0: Absolutely, I love that. I've actually uh, improv. Is one of my favorite things. I just love doing it. I hey, cool. I love acting. Um, and it's something I don't do. Like it's something I want to go do and I just don't do it. And I used yeah, to do it when yeah. I was younger and stuff, but it's like, thank you for saying that because it gives me I a little
1: of Believe me, I will take, it'll turn a leader's head inside out because they get on stage thinking they're in charge. You're not in charge of anything. I'm improv, right? You got a partner. and. going to do something you don't know what it is you may think you do but i guarantee you they will do something so unexpected that it'll help and if you're going to stay in the in the interaction you're going to have to react right you can't just say well i'm just going to say what i was going to say anyway because now it will make absolutely no sense so so yes it is it is a fluid interaction that's huge and i think it it really it makes you creative and, and by the way, we we are, we are just, we are so into trying to figure out how to be creative. If you wanna become creative? That's the deal right there. Don't do anything else, just improv. So good to hear that you're doing that. I'm not shocked to hear that by the way, but yeah, good to hear that you're doing that. Uh, yeah, those are things that, you know, stay curious.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And so what's one action step that you can take right now or continue to take if you're already taking it to continue getting your message out there podcasts, podcasts, podcasts.
1: I, apparently there's thousands of them. I'm going to do them all. <laughs> Anybody that'll have me on, I'm on. And, 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 you know, it's kind of interesting because it's free, right? I mean, it's not to you, you're putting time and effort and money into this thing. For me, this is a free experience and you know what I get, from it? I get this opportunity again to interact with you, but then I get, I get visibility with your audience that I would never have if you didn't do this. So for me, this is a great experience.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. No, I love it. And so is there anything else you wanna chat about before we sign off? Good Lord, no,
1: (laughs) I'm too much time and you've been very gracious as a host. I love your questions, by the way. Like I said, I actually, I I jotted down to two of them to so review it before we got out there. I was like, yeah, all right. And then all of a sudden you were asking, I was like, screw those questions. <laughs> and I was off. But, but that, you know, you're, you're giving me a pleasurable experience. I hope I gave something back.
0: Absolutely, Paul. I'm sure everybody enjoyed listening to you. So if you were listening to this, go ahead and connect with Paul, buy his book, but also get him on as many podcasts as we can get him on because we know that's his dream. That's his goal. Yeah.
1: And anybody who wants, you know, because I've enjoyed this experience, let me give you, give give your viewers uh, a uh, a bonus at the end. First, if you did like this and you want to contact me, it's paulglovercoaching.com. And if you do contact me, because that means they listen to your podcast and as a reward, not only for hearing this, but as a reward for listening, I will send them an autographed book free. And after they get the book, if they read it, because what I'll do is quiz you, if you read it and want a 20 minute coaching session with me, I'll give it to you.
0: Awesome. All right. Y'all heard him. So go ahead and contact him, get that free book and get that free coaching session.
1: I hope there's a thousand people. I'm serious. I hope there's a thousand people that contact me and go, hey, dude, send me your book. And I want to talk to you after I read it. That's what I'm after right there. Because I got plenty of books.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Awesome, man. I love it. And finally, you know, connect Paul to who he needs to be connected to. Go send this episode to somebody you know needs to hear this message. Like it on iTunes, give us a five-star review, and we're out. Wow, Timothy, thank you so much.